Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Wednesday morning, October 12th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. This is a po- podcast that is dedicated to the public, excuse me, public reading of the Word of God, along with the reading of some prayers and a devotion each morning. We do our prayer reading out of the Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. We do our uh, devotional reading out of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. We do the morning devotion for the particular day, and then we do our scripture reading. We use the Bible reading plan that Martin. Uh, Robert Murray McShane created back in 1842 for his congregation. It is a read the Bible in a year program that goes through the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once each year. So we're reading from that and we're using the Legacy Standard Bible, the Legacy Standard Bible translation. We're using that because at this time it is the most texturally accurate to the uh, earliest manuscripts we have of the different books. So and the purpose of this is what, I, what I'm doing each morning is I'm sharing with you what has been part of my morning routine for a number of years now. Um, <clears throat> and I came up, I, I, somebody else was doing something similar, um, different Bible reading plan, reading different prayers, stuff like that. But in listening to him, um, it became clear to me. I was like, you know, I do some of that each morning and maybe I can share that with folks. Um, cause we are called, we've, we've got to be more, I, the, the fact is way too many Christians out there are biblically illiterate. Um, they just don't spend enough time in the Bible. They don't spend enough time in prayer. They're very, very stunted in their prayer life. Um, and that includes me. Um, I I've definitely been, um, and coming late, I, I was almost 40 years old before I came to a saving faith in Christ, even though I grew up in the church, as was my wife. My, my wife was saved not that many months before me, um, And though she's younger than me again, I mean, she was in her late thirties. Um, we both were, um, as you know, when we came to a saving faith. So we both, um, even though honestly I had grown up in the church and I had read the Bible, I had read parts of the Bible a good bit through my life. Um, I I used to drive my grandmother nuts because I'd sit there listening when we'd visit, we'd sit there and I'd listen to the sermon of the, of the preacher up in the pulpit, but at the same time, I'd have my, have the Bible open, the pew Bible open in front of me or my own, if I was carrying it and be reading at the same time. Um, and I, I, I blew, and this isn't to pat myself on the back. It's just a funny occurrence that my family has. I mean, my mom still laughs about it. Um, that my grandmother turned around and while we're sitting down to big Sunday dinner, because that was a thing, my grandmother living in central Georgia and she, she goes, well, I don't think Wayne heard the sermon. And, or something along that line. I'm paraphrasing because it's been many years. Um, she, my wife and I have been married for 31 and my grandmother passed before we got married. So it's been a while, but she said something along those lines. And I told her, and I, I think I was, we were in my teens or something at the time, my brother and I, and I proceeded to give her, 
you know, a very brief, you know, very young person synopsis of what the pastor had said, what, what, what his, the purpose of his, his message was. And she goes, well, then what were you reading? And so I told her what I was reading too. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not some prodigy or anything. It was just, I, I took in both. Um, but, and, and I say that to say, even with that, I came to the Lord very biblically illiterate. So the, my idea for this is to help us all become more. I mean, why I read more each day and why I've done this plan for years, as well as another read the Bible in a year plan, um, as well as more prayer, reading these prayers. They help me where I may struggle in prayer. They help get me more in a prayerful state of mind. They help me get my mind in the right place and the right spiritual place for prayer. Um, they, again, this, this is not, this is not forcing a book of common prayer or anything like that. When I read these, I read these because they help me get to the right prayerful place because the, the Puritans, um, and there are a lot of bad misconceptions about who the Puritans were. Um, and please disabuse yourself of that, of those. Um, but they were, they were great, great men of God. Um, and it, you can see it in the prayers I read each morning and it's, it's to help you and I both get us more in the word and more in prayer so that we have a more focused Christian walk. So with all that aside, let's go ahead and get into our reading. And as is our normal practice each morning, we are going to read three prayers out of the, uh, Valley of Vision. Our first two are going to be our regular prayers for each morning, resting on God and grace and trials. And then we're going to read the morning prayer, morning daily prayer. In this case, it's the fourth day morning prayer. So resting on God. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd, hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. <clears throat> Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. All right, now grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, 
I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days, flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness, and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee. For Jesus' sake, amen. All right, uh, fourth day morning, true Christianity. Lord of heaven, thy goodness is inexpressible and inconceivable, and the works of creation thou art almighty and the dispensations of providence all wise, and the gospel of grace all love, and in thy Son thou hast provided for our deliverance from the effects of sin, the justification of our persons, the sanctification of our natures, the perseverance of our souls in the path of life. Though exposed to the terrors of thy law, we have a refuge from the storm. Though compelled to cry unclean, we have a fountain for sin. Though creature cells of emptiness, we have a fullness accessible to all and incapable of reduction. Grant us always to know that to walk with Jesus makes other interests a shadow and a dream. Keep us from intermittent attention to eternal things. Save us from the delusion of those who fail to go far in religion, religion, who are concerned but not converted, who have another heart but not a new one, who have light, zeal, confidence, but not Christ. Let us judge our Christianity not only by our dependence upon Jesus, but by our love to him, our conformity to him, our knowledge of him. Give us a religion that is both real and progressive, that holds on its way and grows stronger, that lives and works in the spirit, that profits by every correction and is injured by no carnal indulgence. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Let me get a drink of coffee here. Got a bad frog in my throat this morning. Oh. oh, good coffee. My black rifle, just decaf. <clears throat> All right. So morning, October 12th. This is the morning October, bleh, October 12th article. And Charles Adam Spurgeon's morning and evening. And the scripture for it is Psalm 119.15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. There are times when solitude is better than society and silence is wiser than speech. We should be better Christians if we were more alone, waiting upon God and gathering through meditation on his word, uh, gathering through meditation on his word, spiritual strength for labor in his service. We ought to muse upon the things of God because we thus get the real nutriment out of them. Truth is something like the cluster of the vine. If we would have wine from it, we must bruise it. We must press and squeeze it many times. The bruiser's feet must come down joyfully upon the bunches, or else the juice will not flow, and they must well tread the grapes, or else much of the precious liquid will be wasted. So we must, by meditation, 
tread the clusters of truth, if we would get the wine of consolation therefrom. Our bodies are not supported by merely taking food into the mouth, but the process which really supplies the muscle and the nerve and the sinew and the bone is the process of digestion. It is by digestion excuse me, that the outward food becomes assimilated with the inner life. Our souls are not nourished merely by listening a while to this and then to that and then to the other part of divine truth. Hearing, reading, marking, and learning all require inwardly digesting to complete their usefulness, and the inward digesting of the truth lies, for the most part, in meditating upon it. Why is it that some Christians, although they hear many sermons, make but slow advances in the divine life? Because they neglect their closets and do not thoughtfully meditate on God's word. They love the wheat, but they do not grind it. They would have the corn, but they will not go forth into the fields to gather it. The fruit hangs upon the tree, but they will not pluck it. The water flows at their feet, but they will not stoop to drink it. From such folly deliver us, O Lord, and be this our resolve this morning. I will meditate in thy precepts. That nails it on the head right there. Um, you know, in, and Spurgeon here is not belittling hearing the word preached or even just reading it but in meditating it meditating on it in studying on it and being in it constantly um i i never really because medit honestly within the christian world and, and, and in my world meditation as such a eastern paganistic connotation but we should be meditating on the word of god i'm not sitting there talking sitting down going oh kind of it's not that but we should be mentally digesting all that we're hearing from the pulpit all that we're reading in the scriptures not just popping on a podcast with me each morning and listening to me and then going about your day thinking everything's good if you're not going to sit there and digest on what i say here you need to sit down and read yourself and digest on it. You need to be studying your way through it. You need to be processing because it's true. If food goes in my mouth and straight out the other end with no digestion, it does nothing to build up my bones and muscles, as Spurgeon says here. And that's what's required for us to grow as Christians, for us, sheep, for even for us to come to a saving faith in Christ. Not that that will save us, but that those are the means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring us to a point where he regenerates us and brings us to that saving faith. Okay, let's go on with our Bible reading. Our verses for this morning are 1 Kings 15, Colossians 2, Ezekiel 45, and then Psalms 99, 100, and 101. So, 1 Kings 15. Now, in the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makah, the daughter of Abishalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had committed before him. And his heart was not wholly devoted to Yahweh his God, like the heart of his father David. But for David's sake, Yahweh his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did what was right in the sight of Yahweh, and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. Now there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. 
Now the rest of the acts of Abijam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Abijam and Jeroboam. And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son became king in his place. Now in the twentieth year of Jeroboam the king of Israel, Asa began to reign as king of Judah. And he reigned forty-one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Makah, the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa did what was right in the sight of Yahweh, like David his father. He also put away the male cult prostitutes from the land, and removed all the idols which his father had made. He also removed Makah, his mother, from being queen mother, because she had made a horrid image for Asherah. And Asa cut down her horrid image and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly devoted to Yahweh all his days, and he brought into the house of Yahweh the holy things of his father and his own holy things, silver and gold and utensils. Now there was war between Asa and Basha, Basha, king of Israel, all their days. And Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and built up Ramah in order to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold which were left in the treasuries of the house of Yahweh and the treasuries of the king's house and delivered them into the hand of his servants. And King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabramon, the son of Hezion, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, Let there be a covenant between you and me as between my father and your father. Behold, I have sent you a gift of silver and gold. Go, break your covenant with Basha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa, and sent the commanders of his military force against the cities of Israel, and struck down Ejon, Dan, Abel, Beth and all Chinneroth, besides all the land of Naphtali. Now it happened that when Basha heard of it, he ceased building up Ramah, and remained in Tirzah. Then King Asa caused an announcement to be heard throughout all Judah. None was exempt, and they carried away the stones of Ramah, and its timber with which Basha had been building. And King Asa built with them Jeba of Benjamin and Mizpah. Now the rest of all the acts of Asa and all his might and all that he did and the cities which he built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the king of kings of Judah? But in the time of his old age, he was diseased in his feet. And Asa slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father, and Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his place. Now Nadab the son of Jeroboam became king over Israel in the second year of Asa king of Judah. And he reigned over Israel two years, and he did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh, and walked in the way of his father, and in his sin which he made Israel sin. Then Basha the son of Ahijah of the house of Issachar conspired against him, and Basha stuck, struck him down at Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were laying siege to Gibbethon. So Basha put, his, put him to death in the third year of Asa king of Judah, and became king in his place. Now it happened that as soon as he was king, he struck down all the household of Jeroboam. He did not leave to Jeroboam anyone who drew breath, until he had destroyed them, according to the word of Yahweh, which he spoke by the hand of his servant Ahijah the Shilonite. And because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he made Israel sin, because of his provocation with which he provoked Yahweh, the God of Israel, to anger. Now the rest of the acts of Nadab and all that he did, 
Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? Now there was war between Asa and Basha, king of Israel, all their days. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, Basha, the son of Ahijah, became king over all Israel at Tirzah and reigned twenty-four years. And he did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin and in his sin which he made Israel sin. All right, Colossians 2. For I want you to understand how great a struggle I have on your behalf, and for those who <clears throat> and for those who are at Laodicea, and for all those who have not seen my face in the flesh, so that their hearts may be encouraged, having been held together in love, even unto all the wealth of the full assurance of understanding, unto the full knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and being built up in him, and having been established in your faith, just as you were instructed and abounding with thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells bodily, and in him you have been filled, who is the head over all rule and authority, in whom you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in the removal of the body of flesh, and the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, having graciously forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which was hostile to us. He also has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, Having disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them in him. Therefore no one is to judge you in food and drink, or in respect to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath day. Things which are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels. Going into detail about visions, he has seen being puffed up for nothing by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees? Do not handle, nor taste, nor touch, which deal with everything destined to perish with use, which are in accordance with the commands and teachings of men which are matters having, to be sure, a word of wisdom in self-made religion, and self-abasement, and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgences. All right, let me take a sip of coffee here. All right, in Ezekiel 45. And when you divide by lot the land for inheritance, you shall offer a contribution to Yahweh, a holy portion of the land. The length shall be the length of 25,000 cubits, 
and the width shall be twenty thousand, and shall be holy within all its boundary round about. Out of this there shall be for the holy place a square round about, five hundred by five hundred cubits, and fifty cubits for its open space round about. And from this area you shall measure, measure a length of twenty-five thousand cubits, and a width of ten thousand cubits, and in it shall be the sanctuary, the holy of holies. It shall be the holy portion of the land. It shall be for the priests, the ministers, and the sanctuary, who come near to minister to Yahweh. And it shall be a place for their houses, and a holy place for the sanctuary. And an area twenty-five thousand cubits in length, and ten thousand in width, shall be for the Levites, the ministers of the house, and for their possession as cities to dwell in. And you shall give the city possession of an area five thousand cubits wide, and twenty-five thousand cubits long, alongside the contribution of the holy portion. It shall be for the whole house of Israel. Now the prince shall have land on either side of the holy contribution, and the city's possession of land adjacent to the holy contribution, and the city's possession of land on the west side toward the west, and on the east side toward the east, and in length comparable to one of the portions, from the west border to the east border. This shall be his land for a possession in Israel. <clears throat> so my princes shall no longer mistreat my people, but they shall give the rest of the land to the house of Israel according to their tribes. Thus says Lord Yahweh, Enough, you princes of Israel, put away violence and devastation, and do justice and righteousness. Stop your eviction of my people, declares Lord Yahweh. You shall have just balances, a just ephah, and a just bath. The ephah and the bath shall be the same quantity, so that the bath will contain a tenth of a homer, and the ephah a tenth of a homer. Their standard shall be according to a homer. And the shekel shall be twenty giras, twenty shekels, twenty-five shekels, and fifteen shekels shall be your manna. This is the contribution that you shall offer, a sixth of an ephah from a homer of wheat, a sixth of an ephah from a homer of barley, and the statute for the oil, namely the bath of oil, a tenth of a bath from each core, which is ten baths or a homer, for ten baths are a homer. And one sheep from each flock of two hundred from the watering places of Israel for a grain offering, for a burnt offering, and for peace offerings to make atonement for them, declares Lord Yahweh. All the people of the land shall give to this contribution for the prince in Israel. And it shall be the prince's part to provide the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the drink offerings at the feasts, on the new moons, and on the Sabbaths, at all the appointed times of the house of Israel. He shall provide the sin offering the grain offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offerings, to make atonement for the house of Israel. Thus says Lord Yahweh, In the first month, on the first of the month, you shall take a bull from the herd without blemish, and purify the sanctuary. The priest shall take some of the blood from the sin offering, and put it on the doorposts of the house, on the four corners of the ledge of the altar, and on the posts of the gate of the inner court. And thus you shall do on the seventh day of the month, for everyone who errs or is simple-minded, so you shall make atonement for the house. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, you shall have the Passover, a feast of seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten, and on that day the prince shall provide for himself and all the people of the land a bull for a sin offering. And during the seven days of the feast he shall provide as a burnt offering to Yahweh seven bulls and seven rams without blemish on every day of the seven days, and a male goat daily for a sin offering. And he shall provide as a grain offering an ephah without, with a bull, an ephah with a ram, 
and a hin of oil with an ephah. In the seventh month, on the fifteenth day of the month, at the feast, he shall provide like this, seven days for the sin offering, the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the oil. All right, and now our Psalms. We start with Psalm 99. Yahweh reigns, let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned above the cherubim, let the earth quake. Yahweh is great in Zion, and he is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The strength of the king loves justice. You have established equity. You have done justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt Yahweh our God, and worship at the footstool of his feet. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called on his name. They would call upon Yahweh, and he would answer them. He would speak to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his testimonies and the statute that he gave them. O Yahweh our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, and yet an avenger of their evil deeds. Exalt Yahweh our God, and worship at his holy mountain. For holy is Yahweh our God. Psalm 100. Make a loud shout to Yahweh, all the earth. Serve Yahweh with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that Yahweh, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For Yahweh is good. His loving kindness endures forever, and his faithfulness generation unto generation. And Psalm 101, I will sing of loving kindness and justice to you, O Yahweh. I will sing praises. I will consider the way of the blameless. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no vile thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A crooked heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may abide with me. He who walks in the way of the blameless is the one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks lies shall not be established before my eyes. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land, to cut off from the city of Yahweh all the workers of iniquity. Amen. All right, that is our reading for the day. Getting some coffee here. Mm, Trying to get rid of this frog in my throat. Don't know what's going on there. All right. Well, again, that is our reading for the day. Um, I would pray that this this time together would bless you each day. Um, It it truly does bless me to get to share this with you. I would definitely encourage you to continue to pray for all those affected by Ian. Um, some are still digging out. I, I heard um, a quick little message from uh, Tom Askell yesterday. Um, Heads Up Founders Ministry, but also um, Grace Baptist Church in uh, Cape Coral, Florida. Um, definitely, definitely somebody. Actually, he was um, the lecturer for a biblical preaching class I took through Founders Ministry, and it was wonderful. But um, great man of God, great man of God. But, um, it, 
he gave a quick update of how they're doing. Um, and in their case, um, they're doing a lot of pub, uh, a lot of public service right now. They're doing a lot of uh, serving the community around them. Um, <clears throat> and some of it's because groups have sent stuff into them to be able to provide to the community around them. Um, so they're doing that while they're trying to assess and figure out what they can do. From my understanding from him, and I think I'm saying this right, it was a little 15-minute clip that he did. Um, it, because they right now they're not being able to do the sword and the trowel, which I regularly, li regularly listen to. Um, between him and Grand Gundam, one of his, one of his associate pastors. Um, at this point, so... They were fortunate the storm surge around them was six, seven feet, but their buildings did not get touched by it. Um, that would be the church buildings um, as well as the founders ministry buildings did not get touched by it. He was actually doing the clip from his church office, from his office at the, their church. Um, but at this time, they've still got no power um, from what they know. They took a lot of wind damage. Um, so... They've got roof damage. They've got electrical damage. They've got air conditioning damage. Um, so, um, and in some cases, because they still don't have power, there are things they haven't even been able to assess yet. And here we are a ways out and they still haven't been able to assess yet. Um, so they're actually meeting when they can physically um, due to weather and whatever, meeting in their parking lot. They're gathering in their parking lot. They're still having services. So if they're still doing that, as I say each week, you and I really, other than being unable to physically get there, have no excuse for not going to church each Sunday or Saturday night, whatever, whenever not, whenever your church does it. Because I know some some will do a Saturday evening service instead. Um, but we really have no excuse, and and believe me, I am the master of excuses. Um, I can come up with any and everything. I mean, and they're all lame, but um, they're not even well thought out. But but I, I make excuses just like everybody else. Um, and, but we we just can't, we've got to be there. We've got to commune with the saints. Um, and we're called to, I mean, we need it, but we are also commanded to do it. It's not a request. It's a command, um, from God. So we got to be there. But at the same time, like I was saying, we need, we need to still be praying, um, because Florida wasn't the only ones hit. They brought, they took the brunt of it. But that thing went off the East Coast, turned around and picked back up to a hurricane force and went back in um, to the East Coast. So there's an awful lot. There's a, a number dead. Um, last I saw it was 40-something. It's probably bigger than that now. Um, but then all the damage, the billions of dollars, I'm sure billions if not trillions of dollars worth of damage that was done and is having to be rebuilt. Um, and the rebuilding will be going on. Um, though. Tommy Askell did make, make the statement their, their founders conference, um, is in January and this will be their 40th. This is, this will be their 40th. It'll be an anniversary. Um, he said they had their first meetings to discuss that 40 years ago this year. And then 40 years ago, January, they would have started founders ministry and started their first conferences and stuff. So, they will be that they and they still have all the plans to 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 carry that out. But we still need to be praying for them for all of them, um, because you know not only like in that case dealing with their church and the founders ministry building and all its publishing and stuff that 
stuff it sells and sends out and stuff like that. Um, great Christian resources. They're wonderful. Believe me, um, going out to their site and looking through their, um, and purchasing as I have, um, books, they're wonderful right now. It may be a little slow getting stuff to you. Um, of course, but, um, at the same time, their own houses, who knows what happened to their houses. I mean, obviously they haven't even talked about that, but you're talking a church community that lived right in the middle of it. And I, from what I understand from, um, Dr. Askell, I, yeah. Um, what 140 mile an hour sustained winds right there. So no wonder that the wind damage. So we need to still be praying for them and we will in our prayer. Um, we need to still be praying for our nation. I mean, we've gone nuts. We've been given over to judgment. Um, and the only thing that's going to save us is revival. And we've got to remember that. We've got to pray for that. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being able to, being able to have this time together this morning, be able to share in your word and in prayer and in devotion. Dear Lord, we would pr continue to pray this morning for all those that have been impacted by Ian, for, both for their physical well-being, but mostly for their spiritual well-being, Lord. We would pray that all the Christians throughout there, we're hearing good stories, but all the Christians throughout there would truly stand up and honor you and bring glory to your name and their behavior in these times of trial for themselves and all those around them. And Lord, we would pray that this would bring those who are unsaved, that, that, that have not yet come to a saving faith in Christ, through these trials, would be driven to a saving faith in Christ and would come to you. Lord, we love them. We want them to be saved. We don't We don't want any to have to face your, face your wrath without the mediation of your son. And dear Lord, we would continue to pray for our country more and more each day as we step through each day. We see again and again how our country has been given over to judgment. And Lord, we would pray for revival in our country. We know revival can be violent, not, not necessarily physically, but it, it, can, it can be rough and full of trials. But Lord, we pray for revival in our country. We pray for an explosion of people coming to a saving faith in Christ in this country because that brings honor to you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, you go have a great day very, very wonderful day. Remember, do all that you do today for the glory of God. Have a good one. God bless.